one soul ring. Yeah, nice. I, I hate to start with a, a throat clearing, but you know, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> covered, covered it up with our weirdness. Yeah. Hey, it, there's there's barely any, but uh, for the new Innistrad set, Infernal Grasp, one in a black, destroy target creature. You lose two life at instant speed. What is, is that a common? It's uncommon. Um, I've been great if it was a common. Um, I mean, even that uncommon. That card is it's like, insane. It's still great. <laughs> no, I know it's great. I'm just thinking about Popper. I'm always thinking about Popper. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But that is. But what a removal spell. That is. Like, that is pretty nuts. That makes me want to draft real hard. I love a. I love a good piece of premium removal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably one of the best kill spells we've seen in a. Like. In in a time. long time, because a lot of the two ones are like, oh, you know, destroy target non black, non artifact stuff like that. This is just you lose two life. Oh, you can hit anything. That's nothing. Um, I remember that one from Amon Cat where it was four and a black for a sorcery, and you exiled a creature, and that was like a that was a hot ticket in limited. Um, so this is just this is just crazy, and I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't anticipate a ton of things, um, making it really easy to bring creatures back from the graveyard in this set. Uh, but I guess werewolves <laughs> are undead. There are zombies. Like you don't expect grave recursion. <laughs> oh, there are zombies. I thought it was yeah. only. I thought only werewolves were allowed. No, no, there's zombies in there as well. They're, they spoiled this whole um, set is just <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> werewolves and humans. Yeah, yeah, take yeah. It. <laughs> let's see. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, they champ. Uh, they uh, spoiled champion of the perished. Oh, which is that's a zombie. that's right. That is such a cool, you know, the flavor. Yeah, the flavor Ooh. is is yeah. is palpable. Yeah, it's really good. All right, everybody. Well, we're gonna start the show. It's turn one soul ring, and I'm Kevin. I'm Eric, and I'm Riley. He's Riley, and today on the show we're going to be explaining <laughs> Eric's Volo Guide to Monsters commander deck. Uh, as usual. I've looked into the commander's backstory, and we'll cover that up top. Then we'll get to the deck categories and wrap things up with our honorable mentions segment. But before we find out a bit more about this commander's story, Eric has to let you all know how you can get in touch with us. Definitely over on Instagram at Podcast. Uh, you can message us directly via email, turn1soaringthepodcast at gmail.com. We're throwing everything up under YouTube. Check us out over there. Easiest way is turn1soaringthepodcast. And uh, if you are a big fan of our show, we have something on our patreon.com slash turn1soaring page for you to go and check out. Lots of cool things over there for our um, tier levels and stuff. So why don't you go check her out? Yes, I'm sure you can find something that will pique your interest over there so, so yeah <laughs> story. So, from what i could <laughs> gather about this legendary creature his origins lay in the dungeons and dragons rpg game and before we started recording uh riley and eric were both telling me how a lot of the characters from this set uh fall you know are from that uh our dungeons and dragons ip um, which I guess I, I think we talked about this during our set review and it, you know, it seems obvious now, but like I have, you guys have to remember, I have no frame of reference. Um, and I don't do research, so it's a double-edged sword. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically the character, uh, Volo 
was the author of Volo's Guide to Monsters, which was a like real life fifth edition D and D source book that described monsters' lore and layers, how to play monster character races, and gave the stat blocks of many monsters, old and new. So I have here a blurb from the source book. Research has never been so dangerous. The esteemed lore master Volothamp Gedarm is back. He's written a fantastical dissertation covering some of the most iconic monsters in the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons. Registered trademark. <laughs> but the sage of Shadowdale himself, Elmister, doesn't believe Volo gets some of the details quite right. Don't miss out as Volo and Elmister team up to illuminate the uninitiated on creatures both common and obscure sure to inspire any dungeon master this book explores the stories and layers of various monsters including giants mind flayers orcs and goblinoids players can also find rules for playing a variety of new races including the angelic asimar and the feline tabaxi kind of sounds like taxi <laughs> also included are game statistics for scores of monsters, some new to the game, and some that hail from the game's past, which are ready to appear in D&D adventures as mighty friends or fearsome foes. I had a cat named Taxi. That's right. And then when the cat was lost, Riley's mom would be outside calling for the cat, and it sounded like she was calling for a cab. <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, she used to have a dog named Sunshine. Yeah. And and when Sunshine ran away, she went out at night screaming for Sunshine. <laughs> why why do they why do they run from her? I, I don't know. Because <laughs> she seems like a really nice person. Well, yeah, I mean, like Taxi's a cat. Like he's gonna go explore, right? Sure. I yeah. I don't know why Sunshine got out. But... <laughs> So I couldn't find any information about Volo's life prior to writing the book, but afterward, he traveled to Port Nainzaru, where he visited several taverns to promote his work, and he also sold signed copies to the merchant princes and to adventurers for 50 GP, and that's gold pieces to the uninitiated. So after finishing his book tour, Volo returned to Waterdeep, which is, I guess, where he's from, uh, where he ran into financial difficulties while he waited for royalty payments from his book. In order to offset his debt, he began working on his next book, which was called Volo's Guide to Spirits and Specters. Uh, and that's pretty much all I have for you guys. Um, I don't. I have a nitpick though. Uh, how would writing, starting to write a new book, offset the financial <laughs> difficulties? Of royalty payments from the first book. It's like, dude, if you're writing the book, you're not getting paid to write. You only get paid when the book is done. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways. um, That's so good. (laughs) So uh, before we get to the categories here, we'll start off by reading the commander. It is Volo, Guide to Monsters. And you can get this in one of those cool um, alternate art, uh, like monochromatic forms. which are kind of some of them are cool. It's not my. It's definitely not my favorite um, form of uh, like the collector's boosters alternate art kind of thing. That's an episode though. Uh, if we're like talking about like they do a few yeah. more like collector's boosters, talk about like our favorite alt art styles. Um, do tier lists. 
We should do a tier hey. list. That's a good. That's coming up, everybody. So stay tuned. So we have Volo Guide to Monsters, of course. He's two and Simic, so green and blue for a three-two legendary human wizard. And whenever you cast a creature spell that doesn't share a creature type with a creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard, copy that spell. Uh, so it sounds kind of restrictive, but uh, I've been playing. I've been piloting a brawl deck with Volo at the helm and I've I've played against him many times in Brawl. It's very popular right now. Uh and it's really not that restrictive. It's kind of just value town. So I also wanted to preface this uh, whole uh deck tech here. Um this was interesting like I think to make Volo work you don't need to have every single creature have a different creature type. If you have some overlap, the deck will probably still work cuz you do have yeah. 100 cards obviously. Mm -hmm. But I decided to go all the creatures do not overlap at all. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's 45 creatures in this deck, and all of them are different creature types. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go with the sure thing. Which, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, it was pretty cool, but also I found out that, like, um, all of the... Like, I was using Scryfall, and I was looking through, like, creature types and stuff, and all of those, like, secondary sets, like the Unhinged and stuff, really bloat how many creature types are on that list. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, like, there's, like, cow. There's, like, two cows from that set. There's... <laughs> did, did you know that there's a gamer creature type? Because <laughs> yeah. I did Is that, like, Timmy? Oh, it's Spike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, there, I think there is there's a Timmy three of them. as well. Yeah. There's three of them, yeah. And then there's Johnny. Johnny, Johnny. combo player. Yeah. 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 Yep. Timmy Power Gamer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do I do respect that that uh that you had no overlap. Because then it's always Yeah, it's yep. it's always it's always a sure thing. You don't have to worry about it, you don't have to check what's in your graveyard or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're just like, Yep, yeah, I'm getting two. Yeah. Categories. Before we get to the first category. Um, or you know we're gonna we're getting to it now uh, and as usual you can follow along with us as we go through them by using the link at the top of the show notes that'll take you to the deck on deck stats um, so the first category that we have here is let's win with damage which I I always I'm sure I've mentioned this before but I I'm always tickled by uh, the titles of Eric's categories, many of them. They're very, they're very good. He's very he's good he's good at titles. Um, so we have Craterhoof Behemoth, Enray's Forerunners, Giant Adiphage, and Pathbreaker Ibex. Uh, I totally forgot about Pathbreaker Ibex being a creature. Well, you know, it's, it, it's it used to be a budget option, but no, I think it's gone up yeah. quite a bit. Oh yeah, no, I think it's I, I don't think it's quite uh twenty dollars but it's it will be it's if over it doesn't... 20 okay because it needs a reprint yeah. it's just that one yeah oh no it was was it reprinted in commander anthology yeah or has it and yeah, it's still it like that it it's still that expensive wow yeah honestly it's not really worth twenty dollars if you ask me i think i got my copy when it was still a bulk rare no it's not it's just that it's uh it's 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 more that it needs a reprint it's the um mm -hmm. it's the imperial recruiter effect yeah. yeah. But it's it's because it's like so weak for how much mana it costs, mm -hmm. and then you need it to stick out a turn unless you can give it haste. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like, you're going for all different. Uh, wow, Imperial Recruiter is like 10 bucks now. Yeah, it's very cheap. Um, Double Masters. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, like, and, uh, and no, Modern Horizons 2. It was just reprinted. Yeah. Yeah. They got a double hit. It mm -hmm. did. Wham, bam. 
Well, it definitely needed it. Um, great card. <laughs> oh, a, a so good. Time good. to pick it up. Yeah. Um, now is the time. Either way, like you're going for the the uh, uh, stipulation of all different creature types. So I think that's definitely um, a good option to have to kind of get uh, like an overrun effect on a creature. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's your goat. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that's not too that's many the goat. good goats. That's like, the goat that's for Riley. <laughs> He's our goat. Definitely, man. yeah, definitely <laughs> one of the better goats. <laughs> Unless you're looking for a mountain goat. <laughs> yeah. Um. What What is a mountain goat again? Like it's a. Oh, it's red for a one-one with mountain walk. That mountain walk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I love the the inclusion of giant atophage. It's uh, it's five double green for a seven-seven insect with trample. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, you create a token that's a copy of it. So, this can get really 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 out of hand and you know in an ideal situation with all of these creatures you're casting them when volo is already on the battlefield so Mm -hmm. you get two of these um even if you can't give them haste you know it's like this can just this even with one of these this snowballs so uh this is just a creature that i don't see this often but it, it is really um just creating a copy of it is is so it can be so backbreaking even in a even in a four player pod, I've I've yeah. I've been uh, I've been in control of a situation like that and it's uh, it can be rough. I won that game by the way. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we had a one in our league. Yeah, it was in the um, the uh, the Naya um, yeah, tokens deck. Tokens, I can't remember yeah. uh, the name of that commander, but Girid uh, or whatever it was. Yeah, Girid. Yeah, he gave you the rhinos and he populated. Yeah. So you populate, and, and the precon only came with one rhino token. I know it came with so <laughs> many eggs. It's like just do <laughs> Atlapalani. It was like calling yeah. to me. Yeah. <clears throat> so the next category we have here is the value. There we go. <laughs> we have Apex Devastator, Avenger of Zendikar, Consecrated Sphinx, Mirror Battlesphere, Pathraiser of Ulamog, Tender Shoot Dryad and worm coil engine shout out to tender shoot dryad and any other card that's like i'll read it it's four and a green uh for a two two dryad it has a send so if you control 10 or more permanents you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game uh at the beginning of each upkeep create a one one green sapling ring creature token and they get sapling rings you control get plus two plus two as long as you have the city's blessing uh and i just wanted to shout it out um because it's at the beginning of each up, upkeep. I think all cards oh, yeah. that that have that are just like you got to give those a second look because that's yeah. incredible. And having two tender shoot dryads, that's pretty dope. So you, oh, you're yeah. making like two five fives each upkeep. Yeah, which is just yeah bonkers. <laughs> yeah, throw it's like goes around the table once. You're like, oh yeah, that's forty power. Yeah, yeah. good uh, crater hoof. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and throw like I mean, like Concordant Crossroads is a, and then none of the ca- cards I'm about to mention are on my honorable mentions, but like Concordant Crossroads, right, is great. But there's also um, just like if you just wanted to give everything haste in these colors, um, a Chroma's Memorial, right, and then you're just like, all right, I'm just gonna kill everybody. Apex Devastators, um, well, it's a newer one. It's from Commander Legends, but uh, definitely one that you know it's gonna generate a lot of value because it's. Cascade, 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 Cascade. Uh, but Cascade doesn't work quite very well with Volo because you wouldn't get the Cascades on, on the copied version. 
No, so you are only getting four cascades. <laughs> only. But... <laughs> but you're getting the tokens on each cast if you cast a creature. Yeah, you're still getting exactly. a 10-10 exactly. out of the deal. You're getting a vanilla 10-10. You, you right? get a 10-10, and then every cascade, if it's a creature, you do still get the two creatures from Volo. It, yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you could be getting a lot onto the board. <laughs> yeah. I also really like Maldrifter Riley, but I really had to just go for Avenger of Zendikar for the elemental in the deck. I know, it's very sad. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> but I, I bet you can guess what's on my honorable mentions list. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, this category, like it is it is true to its name. Um because even on their own, these creatures are are pretty devastating, yeah. Um, and and will generate you a lot of value. But um, if you can copy them, it's like two consecrated oh, yeah. sphinxes. Come on. Yeah, like that's really dirty. Like, yeah. it's like <laughs> you need to more I mean, than unnecessary. Th- I, well, think <laughs> about what a what a removal target consecrated sphinx is. It's like now I need two removal spells. Like, good thing this is commander. Jesus. Yeah. There you go. And like, I had this other worm I wanted to use, but worm coil engine just is so much goddamn power it's just it's like ah, i'm just gonna throw this so in. good and like worm <laughs> coil engine is like crept back up to 40 dollars. it's crazy i mean it's not crazy cheese it's a good card right it's a good card but like i mean i picked up my copies for like 10 bucks when like commander yeah. anthology 2 came out right and that was a like there was far fewer worm coil engines from that set put on the market than than double masters but double masters is like over 500 usd a box now yeah so it's a lot of good cards in that set cards and you get two rares every pack so you're bound to get something good right (laughs) that's how that works (laughs) (laughs) next up we have you unique utility creatures unique new york (laughs) (laughs) crashing drawbridge elusive crassus fleet feather cockatrice Gamazoa, Junkwinder, Kaiga the Tidestar, Master Symmetrist, Merkfiend Liege, Peregrine Drake, Spark Double, Teemer Sabretooth, Vizier of the Menagerie, Voracious Great Shark, and uh, a MDFC here. So it's Wandering Archaic on one side, and the other side is Explore the Vaslands. Gomazoa, eh? <laughs> yeah, I wanted a jellyfish, and like, <laughs> this one... <laughs> puts creatures back on their libraries and then they have to shuffle so it's like this really makes a person not want to attack into you yeah that is uh... <laughs> i i've yeah i've never seen gomazoa cast in commander so you you definitely got me there <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's my jellyfish <laughs> yeah I'll, the, I, the I, wall i thought was really good as well because uh yeah crashing yeah, drawbridge we're just talking about that Right, I very totally, good. Yeah, totally forgot very about crashing drawbridge and double I haste. This, yeah, I run, well, I, haste. I run this and concordant crossroads in uh, in Yisan, but uh, yeah, this is definitely like a newer card that gives haste to to any color. Um, I think should I put this in? Um, oh, I'm forgetting the name. Uh, Unesh sphinxes. Should I put this oh, in there? Boy. <laughs> uh, does, does it need it? I don't think it needs it. I, I, I don't. I don't I'd think have it to take out a counter spell for this. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think you need it in that deck. <laughs> I really um, like the uh, interaction with Kaiga the Tide Star. Um, yeah, just like nice. legend ruling itself to gain control of somebody's creature. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty spicy there. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's the that's the only legend I think I put in. 
because it got like a uh, value right off the play. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And I mean, it's a good card as is, right? Like it's a decent threat, and you know, if it goes away, it's gonna take something. So exactly. And I <clears throat> recently, I think we were talking about on a recent episode, Vizier of the Menagerie. It's it's three and a green for a three four Naga cleric. Uh, it lets you look at the top card of your library anytime and you can cast creature spells from the top of your library and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast creature spells regardless of whether or not they're on top of your library um mm-hmm. but uh you know in this deck that's very creature heavy uh this having this creature on the battlefields uh, of course it's just puts an extra card into your hand um and gives you that top deck information um but um you know there's no real benefit to having two of these um but just as a as a value piece i think this card's fantastic mm-hmm. yeah it's like if somebody doesn't like that ability as well and say you do get the cast trigger off of volo it's like well now one removal spell doesn't get rid of this ability that's a really good point too with this deck right like you really have to deal with volo uh, if you want to have any hope of dealing with the rest of the board, of course you can, you know, have board wipes and things like that. But, um, you know, in terms of spot removal, it doesn't really do the job when you have, you know, these token effects. Mm-hmm. I really love Teamer Sabretooth. Just um, as a card, just yeah, period. just as it's a, a card. fantastic yeah. card. Any card with an <laughs> yeah. activated ability and then a colon is like, sign me up. Yeah, just a great card. Um, a little bit of a weird interaction with Volo, though. Like, if you have a copy of a creature and then you return the original creature to your hand and then, like, recast it, like, the copy... Volo's going to check that the copy is still the same creature type, so you wouldn't double it up from that point. But, like, obviously, like, if that copy goes away at some point or if you bounce the copy as well, you could get the double trigger again. So we also have Peregrine Drake, which mm-hmm. when it enters the battlefield, untap up to five lands. When you get the copy, you can like tap your lands and then have the trigger resolve and then tap your lands again and untap them. So you pay five mana and then you're actually getting ten mana back. Mm-hmm. And then using Team or Sabretooth to bounce things, you kind of have like infinite mana at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah, Peregrine Drake is a dumb card. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Urza Saga. Bandit, Bandit Popper. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, reason. it is Bannon Popper. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I did think also this was the one deck that we could have Junkwinder do some stuff. I love Junkwinder. So. We talked about this on our um, Modern Horizons 2 set review. So it's five blue-blue for a 5-6 Serpent. It has affinity for tokens. And whenever a token enters the battlefield under your control, tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls. It doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. Um, yeah, it's pretty spicy. Yeah, and, like, you know, you're doing so much of that. Like, I've seen, not this deck, but again, going back to Brawl, um, you know, it, it it gets to the late game. You have Volo on the battlefield. You have a bunch of mana. You can protect him, and you're just casting spells. And, you know, Junkwinder in that scenario can just tap down all kinds of things and just make way for... A, like a, a lethal amount of combat damage. Mm-hmm. I also didn't think about this until now, but then, like, if we have the Junkwinder and we also have the Sabretooth and the Drake, like I was talking about before, you can literally just tap down the whole board. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if you have Teamer Serpatooth and Peregrine Drake, like, you're going to figure out a way to <laughs> you're gonna you know, do ruin stuff. somebody's day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Simic, good color combination. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Okay, so our next category is Creatures to Draw You Cards. And we have Fipplethib, The Lost, Filigree Familiar, one of my favorites, and Thought Sponge. Uh, so Th- Thought Sponge is, is three, <laughs> it's three and a blue for a 1-1 sponge with flash, and it enters the battlefield with a number of 1-1 counters on it equal to the greatest number of cards an opponent has drawn this turn. And when it dies, you draw cards equal to its power. And I remember this card from our... Oh, it's bad. I think that was like Commander <laughs> 2019 set review. Yeah. Uh, I think it was I the think first was like Commander the... set review that we did. And I don't think, I think it's the we've Kadena talked one. about this card since then. Yeah, it's in the Kadena deck. Um, but I... But I like it in this deck. The fact that that it that it copies, <laughs> I I like it. I mean, it's a sponge, so there's not too many sponges out there. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, I don't like the card in general, but like it is a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> no other sponges. <laughs> but you know, if somebody draws two cards, you get two three threes on the board, mm-hmm. and so when they die, that's like three cards each. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's it's uh, yeah right. It's three cards each because it's equal to its power. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, filigree familiar is one of my all-time favorite cards. This is a this was a, um, a just a home run card in my Doretti deck. It's it's three mana for a two two artifact creature fox. When it enters the battlefield, you gain two life, and when it dies, you draw a card. And what, what a little bit of life gain what else and do you like want? You, yeah yeah you got a little trump block and fox although if you want it in foil i would suggest spending a little bit more money and going with the uh kaladesh foil because if you go with the commander legends foil it's just you just don't know what you're gonna get and you don't want that <laughs> <laughs> i love the set i love the set but the foiling Oh yeah, the, it's just it's not the printing was not the best. It's bad. And it's not even the curling. I can live with the curling. It's the smokiness. They just don't look good. Um, but anyways, so the next category is creatures can ramp. Yes, they can. We have Birds of Paradise, <laughs> Dawn Treader Elk. That's the uh, that's that's the Elk for Riley. He's a really he's a he's kind of our bovine guy. You know, if it's <laughs> exactly. a if it's a hooven creature, he likes it. Uh, next we have Kiora's follower, uh, Merrileaf Mara- Pixie, Ornithopter of Paradise, Sakura Tribelder, Solemn Simulacrum, Sylvan Caryatid, and Wood Elves. Um, you know, I-, I-, I like that you didn't go with the kind of standard boilerplate Simic um, pieces here. It's just kind of, you know, I know you're going with, you're trying to uh, stick with... Um, uh, individual creature types, but uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of refreshing for a Simic deck. Like, you know, you have like Cure's Follower, which is uh, like a home run card, especially if you have a, a permanent that can tap for multiple mana. Um, you know, you have Yeah, Solemn. I kind of forgot to put a card in the deck that goes well with that <laughs> card, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, you, you know, you just kind of have, you know, you got like your Sylvan Caryatid. It's one and a green that gives you any one mana, which you know isn't ideal, but it does it does have hex proof, and and you have the plant creature token. And I'm and I'm you know while I'm going through this list, I'm also trying to remember. I'm also thinking best case scenario, we have two of these. Yeah, like definitely even like, um, you know, playing the Sakura Tribal there on turn two is always good to get us up to other stuff. Absolutely. But it's like if we, yeah, if we draw these cards later, they're just get us even more value. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, and I think that's the best way to build uh, the ramp package in a deck like this. And, you know, you have all these creatures that volo will care about because they're creatures but when we get to the the mana ramp section of this deck which which is um you know artifacts and sorceries we also have just some cards that are um that are just a, a sure thing right they're 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 yeah. always going to work and you can't copy them not that the creatures in this section <coughs> aren't a sure thing it's just if you can copy them great and even like i really liked the uh, the dawn treader elk uh, just the one and a green for a 2-2 elk, but you pay like, one green and you sacrifice it to search your library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle. Yeah, perfect. I think I actually like it better than... Um, like, what do you guys think of Burnished Heart's position these days? Uh, it's not good. I don't like it. It's not yeah, good. It's too yeah, slow, because no. it's like, isn't it three to cast it, and then two to activate? It's three to three activate. Three to activate. So it's three to cast and three to activate? Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about Burnished Heart as I do about um Myriad Landscape. And I feel yeah. like yeah. Myriad Landscape, like I don't want I, I'm getting to the point where I don't want Myriad Landscape in my pre cons almost as much as I don't want um uh Temple of the Forsaken Gods. False God. Yeah. False God. Actually, you know what? I want Temple more because Myriad enters tapped. Yeah. And like it, at least if I have the four lands already, Temple's gonna do something for me. Um, yeah. Just like I don't know if anyone ever thought I was gonna uh, um, was gonna praise Temple of the False God on this show, but I just did. Well, uh, I mean it's a low bar, right? Yeah, it is a low bar. Um, yeah. But no, I would definitely have like Dawn Treader Elk than Burnished Heart. The only catch is you have to be in green. Like Burnished Heart is yeah colorless. Yeah, it's any color. And I'll be interested to see, like, going back out into the wild, if, if, um, like, how much Burnished Heart sees play. Like, when we have things like Ornithopter of Paradise and, um, well, and just good mana rocks. And just good, and just, yeah, better mana rocks. Like, we have, like, Liquid Metal Coating, or not Liquid Metal Coating, um, Liquid Metal Torque from, um, Modern Horizons 2, right? It's just a good two-mana mana rock. You don't have to even care about its secondary uh, activated ability. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Burnished Heart, just it's just too slow. It's, maybe maybe if yeah, you had Haste, but then you could just swing with it, and they don't want that. Well, I don't even think Haste would do anything for it. Like, honestly, yeah. it's just a 2-2. Two, because two. you need to, yeah, you need to have the mana on turn six if you could just you know what it would be if they if they did sort of a revamp where it's just like print a new card it's called like uh unburnished heart and <laughs> it's same stat line same casting cost but you One can to activate you can yeah you can you can no it's it's z, it's like necrologia so it's zero to activate you can tap sacrifice it but you can only do it 
No, you just sacrifice it. No tapping, because then we have to worry about summoning sickness. <laughs> so you can just sacrifice it, but you have to do it. You can only do it, um, like during a certain phase. Like, what is necrologia? <laughs> Let me look it up. <laughs> this sounds way too so complicated. complicated. <laughs> you know, I I would like Burnish Heart if it cost two mana and had an activated ability of three, kind of like a Wayfarer's Bobble effect. Where it's like, yeah, but you know, first turn Wayfarer's yeah. Bobble, second turn Crack Wayfarer's Bobble. Sure. Like, yeah. Wayfarer's Bobble is playable. It's, it's good. great. It's so good. Yeah, I run it yeah. in Nunesh. Yeah. And I mean, worst case scenario, you're spending three mana to crack it that turn, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but Burnished Heart, you're spending six mana to crack it the turn you play it. And even then, like, if you cast it on turn three, it has to live. <laughs> it has to live yeah. until turn four and then you're taking turn four off as well right yeah. like it's just yeah very clunky I, I feel like commander has come a long way with respect to um like average mana value and the speed of the format that like you just don't have the time to take turn three and turn four off just no. to develop your lands no way um anyways necrologia you can only cast it during your end step so something like that but i think riley's idea is is more uh constructive overall so we'll go with that one <laughs> <laughs> so the next category we have is etb removal we have acidic slime apex altasaur duplicant scourge of fleets terracidon uktabi orangutan wicked wolf <laughs> And Wicked Wolf. We just, that's it. That's <laughs> I was I had to scroll up. I had to check. I, I guess I couldn't count while I was reading. Um, I love Terastodon. It's uh, it's six green green for a 9-9 elephant. When it enters the battlefield, you may destroy up to three target non-creature permanents. For each permanent put into a graveyard this way, its controller creates a 3-3 elephant creature token, which is important to the uh, for each creature put into a graveyard this way is important to remember because if someone has like a rest in peace or a, a Leyline of the Void out, they're not getting those 3-3s. Three um, but, uh, you know, just from from a, um, a design perspective, I love Tarasinon because it just does exactly what you want it to do. You just get to blow up a bunch of non-creature permanents, and you can hit lands, and mm-hmm. if you can get two of these, great, get them. Blow up six, get some three threes. Don't worry about it because you got two nine nines. Well, there's uh, a lot of good good oozes in Magic, and it was really hard to choose. But I think Acidic Slime was just for the removal aspect, really good. I think it is. Yeah. I think it might be the best ooze for this category. Definitely for this category because it can hit because it can hit lands. Um, <laughs> Uktabi orangutan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so two and a green for an ape when it enters the battlefield destroy target artifact I mean good card it's definitely been outclassed in its time but like obviously if you're looking for an ape this kind of fits the bill uh, the, the artwork is always something though you know it's pretty wacky or oh, those yeah. two apes banging that's the running joke and, and magic oh I've never seen this the... card before yeah, Magic even played into that joke because there's a, I think it's like an unglued or, or like a, an unhinged card that has like a pregnant monkey in the background and it's like <laughs> Uktabi Kong or something like that. Oh, I did not know that. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. Huh. I wonder what the artist was thinking. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, just search up Kong on Scryfall and you'll see Uktabi Kong. 
<laughs> yeah, there's the, oh, it's like the same kind of artwork too. They're on yeah. that tree branch and everything. Yeah, one of them's pragos. Uh, wow. But I like how it's like tap two, untapped apes you control, put a one one green ape creature token into play. <laughs> <laughs> they went full in on that. Oh yeah, my god, that's pretty. That's gross. hilarious. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, like obviously, like I love Rexage. But uh, we need some mana ramps. So I was like, uh, what else is in this kind of category? And this doesn't hit an enchantment, but at least it still hits an artifact. So yeah, at the least, you'll be hitting some people's mana ramp. Yep. There's always a lot of artifacts out there. Uh, I also like the inclusion of Apex Altasaur. It's uh, 7 at green green for a 10-10 dinosaur. When it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. And it has Enrage. So when it's uh, when it's dealt whenever it's dealt damage it fights up to one target creature you don't control so you can kind of just like go down the line and you know if you do the math right it can survive and you can sort of ping off some creatures um i've always wanted to slot this into a deck um and you know i just haven't found the right one for it um but again even on its own it's great but if you can get two of them like you can really clear some space so that you can swing in for for some combat damage yeah yeah and it's not it's not a may so it's a good thing it's you don't control <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well it's it's up to so you don't have to target is it up to oh yeah, up yeah. to one okay yeah, yeah you're good okay and it's nice that the enrage trigger oh i mean it's always there right so even after the fact if your 10 10 sticks around every time you swing in if they want to chump block something's gonna be eaten right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of scary yeah because is this from uh is from a commander set yeah i think this one uh same set as that thought sponge uh so the kadena kadena okay. deck no it's it's like yeah. reasonable what's thought sponge let's look up the uh <laughs> the price on that <laughs> um, probably pennies. what 50 50 cents I bet Trevor has one in his collection. He just likes sponges. <laughs> uh, uh, I've got both of these cards because I played the Kadena deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's 17 cents on Scryfall. There you go. Oh, boy. All right. So the next category we have is Mana Ramp. We have Arcane Signet, Farseek, Rampant Growth, Simic Signet, Soul Ring, and Three Visits. Uh, just nice. Uh, sure Good thing. Cards. Close to the ground. Uh, we have like you know, t- mostly two mana. Perfect, you know you cast. Yeah, and like obviously the uh, the average CMC of this deck is definitely high at four point two. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but having this low mana ramp and then also the creatures that come out, a lot of the low mana stuff is just ramp anyways. So you should be pretty good to be able to play stuff from the deck. Yeah, and oh, a lot yeah. of times like you can uh, hopefully cast one of these on turn two and then cast Volo on turn four, and it's you know in commander it probably won't get removed right away right like how many times have i gotten early yes on out and it just like doesn't get removed so i think it's a yeah, little, yeah sometimes a little different sometimes people want. don't draw the removal and they you don't got, you got a soul ring to untap with your keywords follower there you go there you go oh yeah bingo yeah and the next section you got you got another card that can be untapped <laughs> So <laughs> we have utility artifacts that is the next category. It's crystal shard, dark steel plate, lightning greaves, strionic resonator, and the great hinge. And I think Riley was referring to dark steel plate. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, the Great Hedge uh. is insane. Uh, you know, I've played this card in Pioneer. I've played it in Commander. I've played it in Brawl. I've played it in Standard. It's crazy. So it's in case you don't uh, yeah. know, it's seven green green for a legendary artifact. It costs X less to cast, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. And then you can tap it to add two green to your mana pool, and you gain two life. Didn't need to do that. Uh, whenever a non-token <laughs> creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on it, and it draws a card. So you don't need to cast it. It just needs to enter the battlefield. Um, can be a token. It's fine. Or no, it can't be a token. Excuse me. I just read that. But even in a situation where you don't have anything to cast, you can still tap it um, at the at the end step before your turn and gain two life. Like, it's just... Yep. This card is so good, which is why it has the price tag that it does. I don't know if you guys have looked at it yeah, lately. It's like 40 um, US. It's like 60 now. Um, but uh, yeah, like this and like so fantastic in this deck because you're just like, oh, yeah, like my regular creature is getting a 1-1 uh, counter and I'm drawing a card and I'm doing the same for the token. It's just. Yeah, it's you're not doing the same for the token. Yeah. It's non-token, again. non-token, right? I did it again. <laughs> you did it twice. <laughs> they should have. They shouldn't have put that on the card because, yeah, like, just, why would have been even, better? Why, why would they better. even hold back? I don't even yeah. understand. Yeah. yeah, they should have just said, okay, never mind. It's just two two mana, and you get all of this <laughs> plus tokens, plus the tokens. And it, it costs one green less to cast uh, for the greatest power among creatures you control, so you can just drop it yeah. for free sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. But yeah, like even like it's just like oh yeah. On top of our creatures entering and drawing a card, it also gets a one-one counter, so it's just a little bit stronger. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's great. I mean, it's tough to cast. It's nine CMC. Like, yeah, come it's, on, it's tough to cast. I can. I tell you the number of times I've I've hard casted this for its CMC. It's none. It's none times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the obviously Stryonic Resonator. So two mana for an artifact. Uh, you can pay two and tap it to copy target triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. So Volo triggers off of you casting a creature spell. So then you just get another copy. Yeah. No, and this card is so... And, like, this is a very unique ability. Like, Lithoform Engine has it. But other than that, copying triggered abilities is very rare. I don't know that any other card in the game has it so uh if you have a commander that works this way um slot strong resonator in there and then this is also like cheaper money wise and also mana wise compared to uh, lithoform as well yeah mm-hmm. like lithoform is sort of like a win more card and i and again like there are other cards that do what what each one of its uh three activated abilities do on their own like strong resonator being one of them um so, you know, like, I lean more towards Strionic Resonator. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you're going for more of, like, a like a, like a slower effect or you want all those effects and you want to be able to double them, then, yeah, you know, check out Lithoform Engine. But that card is pretty pricey because uh, it's a mythic from Zendikar Rising, right? Something like that. Something, yeah. Yeah, but I think, yeah. I guess because it's a mythic. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I feel like an old man when I look at card prices, and I'm like, I've never seen that card anywhere. Why is it that price? <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of scratch my head. Um, 
And, and one of those cards is in my uh, honorable mention, so so we'll get to that. Oh, well, Crystal Shard is an interesting card here. It's it's three mana for an artifact. It, you can pay three, tap it, or pay blue, pay a blue and tap it to return target creature to its owner's hand unless its controller pays one. Uh, this is like an interesting little like protection card for Volo, but it's also a value card if you just want to like bounce a creature that you can cast again, like bounce it on end step and then mm -hmm. cast it again on your turn. Like this is a really cool card. Yeah. And it punishes people for tapping out too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think you're probably putting it in for that utility feature where like, you're just using it kind of like, um, like a team or saber tooth kind of effect. Yeah. But, but yeah, for sure. If somebody taps out and you're just like, okay, well bounce, bounce you your punish creature. Now. I punish you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bounce their big, like, eight or seven mana play that's on turn seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they use their that's Gilded like... Goose and a food token to cast it, and they didn't draw a lance. So now they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a nice little combo, actually, is uh, Lightning Greaves. Uh, so if you play out Crashing Drawbridge later, you can Lightning Greaves it, tap it right away to give everything haste. So oh, on a later yeah. turn, you can still give everything haste right away. Boots. Walls with boots. Yeah. Walls with boots. <laughs> <laughs> These boots make me go fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I got boots. <laughs> Next up, we have Enchants. We have Garrick's Uprising, Guardian Project, and Parallel Lives. So Parallel Lives, I think, is perfect in here. Um, and Garrick's Uprising is uh, a super powerful card. So it's two and a green for an enchantment, of course. When it enters the battlefield, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw a card. Creatures you control have trample, and whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So if you have like this and the great hench on the battlefield and you're wheeling and dealing with with some beefies like it's just you're probably going to win that game um but you know i just i love this card i loved it when it was printed i've i've been playing it quite a bit in brawl and it delivers because even on turn three if you don't have a four power creature on the battlefield you play this because you're going to get that draw right like you're always going to get that drawback as you play more creatures so this card is just fantastic and if you're doubling up uh, your creature spells with Volo, you're just going to draw two cards. So this card is just, this card is amazing. If you have like a deck that has sort of like an average um, power of four or greater, like give this, give this a look. Like if you have like a Omnath Locus of Rage deck, bingo, this card. Now, Eric, I do have a couple bones to pick. Um, okay, so... S so Parallel, Parallel lives. lives doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Because this is... I just noticed that. Yeah. The, the creature's being copied on the stack, so it's not actually being created on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, so just how... It's really weird. I honestly don't know why Magic wrote the rules in this way, but back when they made this whole copy a creature spell on the stack thing, they specifically said, like, it doesn't work with Parallel Lives effects, right? Where tokens are being created. Because the token is coming in as a copy of the creature. It's not being created on the battlefield. So weird, yeah. weird language issue. And honestly, I think it's just weird design in general. Because in like you would think that Parallel Lives works, right? Yeah. On its face. Yep. But it, it, yep. just, it just, just doesn't. 
I just put it in there because I was like, oh, tokens, yeah, we're good to go. But and, then as uh, we were looking here, I was like looking, I was like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> yeah. catch that either. And, and Guardian Project. So Guardian Project's fantastic card in a vacuum, but it actually is a non-bow with Bolo. Um, oh, no way. Yeah, because the... Doesn't okay, so you cast the creature. The creature goes on the stack. Then Volo's trigger will go on the stack. You'll create the token copy. The token will enter. It won't trigger because it's a token. And then your original creature will enter, but it already sees it, that there's a, a creature with the same name on the battlefield. Name. Yeah. Dang. So, I mean, leading up to casting Volo, Guardian Project's going to do its thing, right? So it's still yeah. a good card, but specifically when it comes to Volo, it becomes a non-bow and a commander for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the perfect commander card is uh, is no longer. All right, our next category is removal and counters. We have Beast Within, Counterspell, Crozen Grip, Mana Drain, and Pongify. Um, this cate- category is unassailable. Am I mean? Yeah. Mana drain? Ouch. Yeah. Mana drain's Oof. mana drain's fine. It's just a better counter spell. <laughs> I, I know it's a better counter spell. I'm just saying ouch, like come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, ever ever since the reprint it's just like ah oh, yeah, let's play mana drain. Yeah. Yeah, before it creeps up your, creeps back up to a right? hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, this is just all good stuff. Yeah. And like there is a lot of creature removal with the creatures themselves, but it's always good to have like a Pongify or a Beast Within. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Crozen Grip is is you know just no questions asked removal. Get out of here! Yep. I didn't ask any questions. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Utility Lands. We have Ancient Tomb, Arch of Arazka, Command Beacon, Scavenger Grounds, War Room, and Wasteland. Uh, love me some Scavenger Grounds. Just get get rid of that graveyard and also helps with volo if you want to exile some stuff from your graveyard not that you have any matching creature types but um if you did that would help because he cares yeah. about that yeah. too it's good totally point. ancient tomb works with uh Kiora's follower <laughs> yep it's <laughs> gonna take a lot of damage yeah, yeah. it's worth it I was like, Kevin would do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, yeah, for for like, I mean, if it's gonna make your turn explosive, I'd pay it. Oh, if it's gonna make your turn explosive, yeah, yeah. And Arch of Araska is the other card you have in here with Ascend and with all the um, extra permanents you'll be creating. It's not gonna be too difficult to get to that point. Not that the City's Blessing is too difficult to get in any regular Commander game, but it's just a nice little bit of. Uh, mana sink if you want to draw a card late in the game. Did you play like a total? I don't think you have like a seedborn or anything, right? Nope. 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 I'm just like, how how often do you want to like basically put in six mana to draw a card? <laughs> if if you're if if you're desperate, you know. I, yeah, I guess so, right? Like yeah, but... and I think this seems like like a long game deck, right? So yeah, well, it could definitely end games quickly, but also like. Because you have Peregrine Drake. You could probably do something there. I don't know. Yeah. I wanted to do more with card draw, but like a lot of the other creatures that enter are just like overlapping so many of the same creature type. Yeah. So it's really difficult to get something there. Yeah. 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 And like War Room's nice, right? You just have to pay two life. And yeah. It's on my list too, right? So don't don't worry about it. (laughs) What was that? What? Oh, drifter. (laughs) 
Also, for how explosive the deck is with uh, with the uh, commander, it's a really good idea to have a command beacon. I think with Volo. Definitely, definitely. I've been putting command beacon into a lot more of my decks since the since the reprint because it's so cheap now. Yeah, I bought like four or five. I yeah, I put one into Arcades. It's a three color deck, and I'm like, you know what? I don't need a Reliquary Tower in here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The command I mean, beacon's more tower. important. Yeah, Reliquary Tower I think is overrated. It is, but you know, because the deck is drawing so, like, ideally drawing so many cards, you know, you throw that in there. But command beacon's better because the deck doesn't function without um, the commander. The yeah. commander. I guess you I can have high alert. That's like I a secondary commander. More often than not, like I mean, I, like you could play an artifact deck, and I think get away with a lot of colorless lands. But I think overall, I'd prefer having a colored source than a reliquary tower. Yeah. Because how often are you in that situation, right, where you have to discard? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't like come I'd, up too often. I'd rather play a thought vessel than a reliquary tower. That's true. Well, yeah, because ramps, and, right? So. Yeah, and and risk like losing it to uh, vandal blasters or some something like that. Our last category is colored lands. We have thirty of them. Uh, we have bark channel pathway, with the flip side being tide channel pathway. It's the simic pathway, MDFC. We have Breeding Pool, <laughs> Castle Garenbrig, Castle Vantress, Command Tower, Flooded Grove, 14 Forests, Hinterland Harbor, Six Islands, Rejuvenated Springs, Rejuvenating Springs, Ing, Waterlogged Grove, ing, ing, ing. <laughs> and Yavimea Coast. That's like a like an engine sound, right? That you can be like, ring, ing, 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 ing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the number of basic lands you have in here. We have a total of twenty basic lands out of thirty colored lands, and that's a nice yeah. that's that's a nice number to have. You want that? Yeah. You want a beefy amount of basic lands? Well, you know, considering just... all all the green pips, like it makes a ton of sense why you're weighted a lot more towards forests. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, on that note, the rest, most of the rest of the lands um, fix. So even if even if you're drawing too many green sources, if you have some of your other non-basic lands, they do fix. And uh, Castle Garenbrig is a real powerhouse. So it enters the battlefield tap unless you control a forest. And then you can tap it for a green mana. And then you can pay two and two green to tap dead six green to your mana pool, which you can only spend to cast creature spells or activate abilities of creatures. Um, and I wasn't really sold on this card when it was first spoiled. I sort of just as it was like when I saw Oko and I'm like, no, that's a bad card. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is actually like this. This can really, um, you know, it sort of puts you a. Uh, um, a turn ahead and uh it, it can really well it can it, be explosive it's a yeah it's a better temple of the false god exactly than green yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think that's what yeah, it is more than yeah. more often than not i mean you're going to be casting a a big green creature right so yeah mm -hmm. definitely better temple of the false god in that sense yeah it gets your yeah. it gets your vorn collects monstrous raider out on five instead of six there you go yeah jam it and i mean if you if i mean if you start off with an ancient tomb there then you got a forest and then another forest, and then this thing, boom! Yeah, you turn got a stew. Yeah. You got a stew going. Turn, turn four. T too bad thought sponge isn't green, right? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, just a solid, um, solid land base here. Yeah, no, solid uh, deuce. You got to. I mean, you know, there are things that can enter the battlefield tapped, but I don't think it's going to happen too often. 
Yeah, no, I think you should be good without any tap lens here. It's just the castles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, if you want, if you have like a you know turn one breeding pool, yeah, don't don't pay the life, you know. Unless you're gonna do a Birds of Paradise, then definitely always pay the life. Pay it, please. Yeah, you got that yeah, bird. You it. got that soul ring. Yeah. It's worth it. I'll pay it for soul ring. You have to. Yeah, and if you got that turn one ancient tomb, you're damn right. I'm jamming up Ornithopter of Paradise turn one. Oh, oh, yeah, that's good. Okay, we gotta stop talking about this because I'm getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that'd be that'd be a turn two uh, Volo. It would be. That yeah, would be you got the ancient Volo. tomb Ornithopter, and then turn two play another land. Boom. Mm. Nice. Can we get a turn one Volo here? We need like an Elvish Mystic or something. Yeah, you'd need like a like a Mana Crypt and <laughs> yeah. some other well, shit. And, and, I, yeah, I don't... and that's what I wanted to mention about this deck. So this on Scryfall, according to you, TCG player, it's five fifty two nineteen and um dollars. And um you know, I, this is sort of what I would consider to be uh I wouldn't consider this to be necessarily budget. But this is definitely, no. like, in my budget if I'm going to build a deck that's kind yeah. of, like, c- kind of, like, a deck that I want to be able to win with um, on a fairly regular basis. And I think a lot of the choices that, Eric, you made, you made with that in mind. And uh, I just appreciate that because you could have just, like, swung for the fences. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you kept it, like, you kept it. Uh, like competitive and like this is a deck that can win especially the mana base it's mm-hmm. good but like you didn't like break the bank with it yeah no yeah like there's no fetch land there's no obviously like original duel or anything like that um yeah it's still fine and i mean the- uh, I'm, i was actually surprised at how expensive the freaking uh shock lands are oh they are oh they're crazy yeah. especially breeding well especially pool. yeah breeding pool yeah yeah um and I think Volo Volo's nice because he's a commander that kind of leads leaves himself open to interpretation, right? You could definitely build this on a budget. And I think you could have a pretty pretty spicy brew on a budget. So super cool commander, very open ended. You could like you know, spice it up with whatever kind of creatures you you want or skew it towards any particular direction you want. And it touching green, like a lot of uh some great like accessible cheap mana ramp is in green so yeah you could definitely put together a pretty competitive budget brew yeah because like that being said uh getting two creatures for every creature you cast is very powerful even if they're not like you know top tier or whatever like shaving off a a sixth of the um budget here is like just take crater hoof out of the deck oh yeah 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 Yeah. right like (laughs) yeah and um you know, to what you said about, you know, doubling your creature spells being incredibly powerful. Like, think about Riku of Two Reflections. You have to pay for that. This just gives yeah. you the effect for free. Mm-hmm. This just happens. Yeah. <laughs> so. But um, make sure to keep that Uktabi orangutan in there. Yes. You don't want to keep that. <laughs> I've, got, I've got, I think I might have another ape option in my honorable mentions. I guess we'll oh, see. Okay. I was gonna. Ooh, I wanted. To, I I have Simeon Spirit Guide on my list, but I thought you guys would make me lose points because it's not in the uh, color identity. <laughs> <laughs> was I right about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't be legal. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, Riley and I have both prepared a list of cards that we think would work well 
in this build, so you kick it off. Uh, you right. do like the do the first do the first couple. Okay, okay. I'm gonna start off. I'm going in category order. So oh, me too. Perfect. We're starting off with uh, let's win with damage. Yeah. Um, first option. I, I noted the uh, the creature types here because I you know what when I was going through this list, I figured, okay, some of these cards in Eric's list are pretty fucking out there. So. Uh, I imagine he's going for, like, it has to be a lone uh, creature type, right? Um, yeah. There can't be any overlap. Now, there is yeah, definitely... Yeah, you can also choose to, like, get rid of a creature type as well, right? Yeah, and, and like like I said, um, you know, talking about, like, the budget version and other ways to build the deck, You, I think it would be safe, as a rule of thumb, to, like, have maybe one, maybe two other creatures in the deck that overlap with a creature type, I think more often than not, it's still gonna be effective, especially when it comes to like creature-based mana ramp, because you know, you're usually developing with that creature in the early game before Volo even cares about it, right? So if there's some overlap there, not the end of the world. And if there's some other utility creatures that overlap that you don't really care about doubling up, not the end of the world. But anyway, I digress. Um, the first creature on my list is Earthshaker Giant. So this is actually uh, a creature from, I think it was the, well, it's the second game night um, bundle thing they did. So it's like the five monocolored decks that are supposed to face off well together. Right. So it's uh, four green green for a giant druid. It's a six six with trample. And when it enters the battlefield, uh, each other creature you control gets plus three, plus three and trample until end of turn. Um, so just another overrun effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it'd be nice to double it up with Volo. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of like if you're looking to find a, a more budget-friendly option for your goat, um, this is definitely something to consider. And then uh, another option I, I have here, a personal favorite of mine, is Hornet Queen. So it's an insect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> four green, green, green. Uh, for an insect 2-2 with death touch and flying and when it enters the battlefield uh, you create was it four I think it's four um, four yeah insects with flying and death touch so just another way to go wide and give you some relevant evasion plus death touch so you could play offensive or defensive just a really good card especially if you're pairing with overrun effects like Earthshaker giant or you know crater hoof behemoth 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 Behemoth. Uh, do, uh, yeah, do another one, Riley. All right, do you want me to move on to the value? Yeah, well, let's get to the value. All right. For <sighs> value. For the value, um, an option for a worm. Uh, just an uncommon, but I got bookworm. So seven and oh, a green yeah. <laughs> for uh, seven, seven trample. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you gain three life and draw a card. And you can pay two and a green to put it from your graveyard into your library, third from the top. So just, you know, cast it, get two seven sevens, gain six life, draw two cards. Just figured it'd be like uh, a spicy budget top end. Heck yeah, that's a good worm. Yep, and it's kind of sticky, right? Not, you know, it's just it's easy to bring back. Never goes to the... Uh... <laughs> well, it does um, go to the graveyard, but you can bring it back and another one here this one is definitely not budget uh but i've got uro titan of nature's wrath (laughs) one green blue for six six um 
when it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it was escaped. And when it enters the battlefield or attacks, you can g you gain three life, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, and you can escape for green, green, blue, blue, and exile five other cards from your graveyard, basically to cast it from your graveyard. So just a value stupid card. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not like not budget like the uh, the um, some of the copies get, are like I get, you know I guess it has come ten, down a bit ten yeah. to fifteen dollars with all the with all the bannings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been banned on a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's definitely hit its price tag. Yeah, this card used to be like what like forty or fifty bucks. So yeah. No. Uh, since we're talking about worms, I just want to talk about the other one I kind of mentioned that I uh, got rid of in place of worm coil. Uh, but there's this worm out there called bellowing tangle worm. Yeah. Yes. It's three of anything in two green uh, for a four four. It has intimidate, but it also gives other green creatures you control intimidate. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice way to uh, get in damage. Yeah. Yeah. What about um? So g taking a couple steps back here to the um, winning with damage category. What about God Eternal Ronus? It's three double green oh, yeah. for a five five legendary zombie god. So like it's a legendary. So you're not gonna get both tokens but it has death touch when it enters the battlefield double the power of each other creature you control until end of turn those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn and when god eternal ronus dies or is put into exile from the battlefield you may put it into its owner's library third from the top so you can kind of keep the token and then mm -hmm. put this the the card into your library third from the top um but my question is would the doubling effect stack yeah so it would double then double yeah. again Okay, so this might be an option. Yeah, that that sounds pretty spicy. It's kind of spicy, yeah. Yeah, it just kind of came to me. I like it. So what else do you have for value, Riley? All right. Well, I know Kevin has this one on his list as well, um, <laughs> but I've got Bramble Sovereign. Mm. Yeah, I had this in the I had this in the next category, but yeah, why don't you why don't you take it away? Uh, yeah. So Bramble Sovereign. This is from Battle Bond. Uh, it's two green green for a dryad. Uh, I don't know if you had a dryad in your list or not. Um, uh, yeah, there is. Is there? Which tender shoe dryad? Oh, pff, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's a four four dryad. It says whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield, you may pay one and a green. If you do create a creature or that creature's controller, sorry creates a token that's a copy of that creature nice uh volo impersonation obviously you have yeah. to pay for it but right. uh you know if if volo gets hated out of the game at least you've got some way to generate some extra value if you if you need to got a nice backup and if he doesn't then you're just getting another token if you can pay for it you know if they're both yeah in the battlefield. yeah um, get three <laughs> yeah get three and um I mean, also, this is also not a budget card. The price on this card is uh, is like $25 uh, USD. Um, Mythic from Battle Bond, I guess. I don't know. Can you get foils? Oh, they're not actually that much more expensive. That's nice. Um, but Also, like, you can give your opponents extra creatures this way, too. Yeah, it can be used as a political card, uh, for sure. Um, so you could, uh, you could do that. Yeah, so interesting little card i've often thought about trying it out in uh in yasan but then i look at the price tag and i'm like eh, i'll just use a proxy <laughs> last one for this section the value uh is diluvian primordial 
So <laughs> this is an avatar. I don't know if you had an avatar. It's really hard I to keep, not. keep track of all of your creature types. Um, <laughs> but five blue blue gets you a five five with flying. And it says when Deluvian Primordial enters the battlefield for each opponent, you may cast up to one target instant or sorcery card from that player's graveyard without paying its mana cost. And if a spell cast this way would be put into a graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So just a nice, like, value in itself. You're likely going to be hitting two, maybe three instants or sorceries from your opponent's graveyards. And if you can double it up, maybe more. I'm trying to look up a list of all the primordials. Wow, what's the cycle? What's the green one from the Diluvian? What's the green one from that cycle? Oh, it's like Sylvan primordial? It's, it's oh, okay. Bandit Commander. Yeah, Bandit no. Commander. Sylvan like primordial is. Is really, it? I think it's Sylvan primordial. Oh, it is bent. Yeah, it's Sylvan this, primordial. This yeah, and for prime sure. time. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a really good card. Like it, it's it blows good, up yeah. permanence and ramps you. So like. Yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty gross stuff you can do with it. No kidding. Um, so moving on to the next category for honorable mentions, which is. Um, you, unique utility creatures. Mine was Bramble Sovereign, but Riley, if you have a few that you can cycle through, please do. All right. I got a jellyfish for uh, contention <laughs> here. Okay. Let's hear uh, it. A, a oldie but a goodie. It's Mana War. Uh, oh, yeah. Two and a blue. Mana War enters the battlefield. Return target creature to its owner's hand. It's a 2-2. Two, two. Um, notably, it's return target creature, so it can bounce itself. So you can create a token copy bounce something and then when this guy hits the battlefield you can just bounce it back to your hand and then jump block with the token copy and just rinse and repeat so nice little uh, utility there you could even bounce your own stuff you can yeah, yeah. love man of war um i've also got biogenic ooze another ooze option i uh, figured this one would be a nice one to double up just to make like an ooze army uh it's three <laughs> a, it's three green green for a two two when it enters the battlefield, you create a 2-2 green ooze creature token, and at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one plus one counter on each ooze you control, and you can also pay one green 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 to create a 2-2 green ooze creature token. So if you're making a bunch of infinite mana and you need some place to put it, you could always just make more oozes. An ooze army. Yeah. That's a good And even if you just play this, you're going to have four 4-4 four, four oozes at the end of your turn. Yeah, and it's just going to keep getting bigger from there. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like it. That's a good ooze. It's a good ooze. <laughs> <laughs> this is an older card as well. Uh, it's Brutalizer Exarch. So what? it's actually uh, been errated to become a Phyrexian cleric. Um, so no longer just a cleric. Right. But it's a 3-3. Th and it says, when Brutalizer Exarch enters the battlefield, choose one, search your library for a creature card, reveal it, then shuffle your library and put that card on top of it, or put target non-creature permanent on the bottom of its owner's library. So just a nice utility kind of uh, removal slash like tutor effect. So um, I think like this deck is not going to have too many issues generating mana. Uh, so it might be nice to dust off the old Brutalizer Exarch here. What card? When did they do that? When did they switch all the um, or or errata the Phyrexian creatures to be also Phyrexian in addition to their I, other types? I think it was in Calpheim. Pretty recent. Okay. Yeah, because they introduced the Phyrexian type. Oh, right. Yeah. With, yeah. 
Okay. All right. Well. Yeah, thanks, which is thanks. like even even more to kind of build into the speculation that, you know, we're gonna have Phyrexians back, and uh, I don't know, maybe do some. I I want to see Phyrexians versus Eldrazi. I think that would be dope. Battle for the ages. Yeah, yeah. that would be pretty cool. I wonder who would win. I feel like. Hmm, I don't know. I f- it's tough, right? Because they yeah, both, they big both mama, big mama like... Emrakul is definitely a force we reckon with. Yeah. Well, the the thing about the Eldrazi, and you know, if you want to f- find out more about this, uh, go back and listen to our Eldrazi explained episode. But um, the thing about them is like the representations that like the Titans have on the planes that they visited. Like that's not their true form. It's sort of like they're yeah. reaching out into that plane and projecting themselves. So their true form almost certainly is far more devastating than what we've seen. So it just seems like they're way worse than the Phyrexians. But uh, I don't know. That, that, w- that would be, I want to see it. I want to see it regardless. All right. This is a good one. Clever impersonator. So for two blue blue, you get a shapeshifter. Um, and you can have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any non-land permanent on the battlefield. So just a nice way of getting two copies of something on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, two copies of anything because it uh, targets a permanent. I like mm-hmm. it. You got that tender shoot dryad out there already? Impersonate it? Twice. <gasps> then, you, then, you, then you would get <laughs> four... You get four nine nines every single upkeep. It's just <laughs> unnecessary. I think That's... I I think Tender Shoe Dryad is the secret commander of this deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, one more here. This is the last one of my unique utility creatures. It's Uvenwald Hydra. Uh, four green green. It's got uh, well, it's a Hydra, and it's got star star power. It's got reach. Its power and toughness is equal to the number of lands you control. And when it enters the battle... Sorry? Oh, sorry. I just said it's got star power. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It has this uh, ETB where it says, when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a land card, notably a land, and put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. I actually got rid of that card last minute because of my own stipulation i didn't notice that apex devastator was a chimera hydra oh <laughs> and i had it in the deck and i was like sweet 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 and then i was like oh yeah it's also a hydra Too bad. but i would still run both i would run both of them still yeah Oven old hydra is so good oh yeah great card okay so moving on to the next category here creatures to draw you cards i know we mentioned this in the uh in the preamble here but uh i think Drifter is fantastic Riley. i know Hell you agree yeah. with me because you could just you can always just even if you evoke it you still get the double evoke that's what i love about volo you just mm-hmm. you know you still get that so i would give that a um another thought but there's you know there's all kinds of of creatures that etb and draw cards um, besides moldrifter if you evoke Maldrifter, does the token still stay in play? No, it would it would uh, copy all. It of, also yeah, like, all of its stuff. Okay, yeah. So it copies like, well, in theory, if you had to choose a mode before uh, it entered the battlefield, then it would copy that trait. But yeah, it just copies every trait that you put it onto the stack with. So okay, but most creatures ETB and have an effect, so you don't have to choose at that point. 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I have uh, I have one more, but uh, Riley, why don't you uh, take a crack at this category? Sure. There's actually, now that I'm looking at it, there's quite a few druids in this category for me. <laughs> I feel like druids are <laughs> drawing cards here. Um, right? Beast Whisperer, I figured would be a good one. Yeah, that's uh, my other one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's like a, well, right, because it's it's great because it's like um, Guardian Project. Yeah, but except it works. Yeah, except it, it works. works. <laughs> and you get to draw a card off of the token because you're... Um, don't you? What is what is how no. does Volo read? It's, it's uh, um, with a it, creature you control well, it's a or a, Okay, you copy but you copy the spell, so aren't you casting it an additional time? No, it doesn't say you may cast that copy, it just says you, you copy it. Oh, so you, you just put okay. the copy on the stack. Alright. Well still, yeah. that's good. But Beast Whisper is but still if, a good card. So Yeah. And if you have uh Volo out and cast Beast Whisper, you have two of them. Right. So you will draw two off of the cast. All right. There you go. So we just need to have that setup cost. I can do that. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, another option. I know you have a, a Steve already, so you've got snakes covered, but Ice Fang Quaddle, I figured would be a nice little cantrip. You could definitely do uh, um, Snow Basics just to turn the Death Touch on, but honestly, I don't think that's really... Necessary. Yeah, it's not totally necessary. It's just the idea is that you're casting this and potentially drawing two cards from the deal. So just a nice little cantripping creature um, similar to Fibblethip. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I've got another one. This is, well, I guess it's not, like, this is already like a year old or something like that. Either way, Corset 2021, uh, Lanoir Visionary. So two and a green, you get an elf druid again elf druid so you got to kind of pick and choose how many elves and how many druids you want but uh a 2-2 two -two, when it enters the battlefield you draw a card and it can tap for a green mana so just a nice cantripping ramp spell yeah love this card i'll keep going here this one i'm i'm a little bit skeptical about uh this one in particular i love coiling oracle but it has three, three creature, creature types. types. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's a really good card. <laughs> but yeah, it does have no. three creature <laughs> types. So it's kind of hard for Volo. Uh, green and a blue for a 1-1. One, one. When it enters the battlefield, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land, you put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, you put it into your hand. So uh, great card, but uh, maybe not the place in Volo. Yeah. Perhaps not. And then uh, my last one for this section is Wall of Blossoms. So a plant wall. You already have two of those creature types in your deck. You have your, your wall in your um, crashing drawbridge, and you've got your plant in your uh, whatever tapping hexproof <laughs> defender <laughs> thing is. I can't remember. Um, Sylvan carry added. That's the one. So one and a green, zero four defender, enters the battlefield, draws a card. Uh, so the next category is creatures can ramp. Um, what do you have for that? I don't have any. Oh, me neither. Okay, so let's just move on to ETB removal. Well, if you're if you're looking for a good elephant, I mean, you already have uh, what you call it. You have um, Trastodon, which is a great elephant. But another good elephant to consider is Thorn Mammoth. This was actually part of the brawl decks uh, in Throne of Eldraine. 
So five green green, you get an elephant, uh, six six with trample. When it enters the battlefield, uh, or when another creature enters the battlefield under your control, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. This thing is a house. This thing can just like pew, pew, pew. Just yeah. get, it, this card is fantastic. Yeah, kind of like a smaller Apex Altsor. Yeah. 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 Love love this card. Um So I was I was sort of thinking about uh, Amphine Mutineer for this category. Ooh. So it's you know, the static ability doesn't work with um with Encore. But um you know, just the initial burst of of getting rid of of uh, multiple creatures would uh could could work well right and you're just um i don't know because you're getting the fourth like they're getting the four three so if you copied it that's not necessarily ideal but you could get rid of some utility pieces that um uh, i think like could, when you're casting this problem. you're definitely yeah you're you're basically taking away more than them having a four three so yeah yeah and then you know then you have an army of salamanders swinging at you after that. <laughs> <laughs> all right another one on my list here um this is actually from modern horizons 2 and i i really like this card um it's an elemental it's called foundation breaker three and a green uh for a two two when it enters the battlefield you may destroy target artifact or enchantment and it has evoke for one and a green it's kind of like a naturalized cost um again it's an elemental you really have to pick and choose how many elementals you want to cram into your deck. Um, There's so many good elementals. But this card is fantastic. Like, it's it's kind of this um, acidic slime kind of impression. I mean, it can't hit lands, but it does everything else. And yeah. um, just being able to, in a fail case, like, evoke it for one and a green, I think that's huge. Yeah, evoke with Volo is really nice. It works... It's a spicy. So um, I was thinking for this category, kind of anything like Gilded Drake or Sword of Temptation, like right now in standard, like uh, Mind Flayer has this effect where, yeah. you know, you get to, you, you, you play one of these creatures, copy it with Volo, you get to take control of two creatures. You know, Gilded Drake, not so great because you have to trade it. Um, but, um, you know, like it's only two, of two mana. Yeah, Agent of Treachery is great. Well, Agent oh. of Treachery is even better, right? Because it cares about how many uh, yeah, permanents you control that, like aren't, six that you don't own. Have, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ooh, so, yeah. Yeah, kind of anything like that. But even right now, like I said, in standard, Mind Flayer is a, is a solid card, right? You do Volo on four and Mind Flayer on five. It's Yeah, although I think uh, Agent of Treachery is a human, so that, that wouldn't it work is. with Volo. No, that wouldn't it is. work. Boo. Nice catch. Boo. But yeah, mind mind flare being a horror is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mind I've had a lot of fun. I've, I've had a lot of fun with it. I think I like that better than the uh, horror I have in the deck, which just pumps creatures. Okay. Well, I think it's dirt cheap. So if you want to pick it up, sweet. Hey, I, I heard you like apes. <laughs> Riley's got I an got, ape. I got What's Kolga, the, ape? the Titan ape. Oh yeah. Green, yeah. green, green, green enters the battlefield, fights up to one target creature you don't control. Uh, when it attacks, destroy target artifact or enchantment, defending player controls, and you can pay one and a green, return target human you control to its owner's hand, and it gains indestructible. It's a 7-6. Nice. 
So it can uh, enter the battlefield, fight something to death. Um, it can make a copy of itself. I mean, it's legendary, so you're going to legend rule, but it's going to fight something in the meantime. Oh, no, I guess it wouldn't because it would be gone before it actually fights. Um, yeah. Either way, that doesn't matter. It's still a big fucking ape, and you can bounce Volo <laughs> to your hand to protect it. Oh, yeah. So maybe a little bit of a non-bow in the sense that it's legendary, but I think I think being able to protect Volo and like still wrecking house by itself is probably worth considering. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on to mana ramp. I didn't have anything for this section. I was Me neither. Uh, thoroughly pleased with the uh, with the category. So we can move on to utility artifacts. Um, I have one. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's twinning staff from Commander 2020. So not an altogether exciting card, but I think an early twinning staff could generate a ton of extra value. So kind of like, um, uh, kind of like Bramble Sovereign is gonna copy spells. Um, twinning staff can, you know, just copy more of your spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, even like in a sense, I think Twinning Staff is kind of better than um... Stratic Resonator. Yes, thank you. I think so. Because it's free. It does what that does, but it's free, right? Hell yeah. 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 So it's a so Twinning Staff. Yeah, it costs one more mana to cast, but after that, you're just worth it. It's free. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely put that in instead of Stratic Resonator. Yeah. And, and, it, and it curves well into Volo, <laughs> right? So. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. You got um, it. An option for a utility artifact uh, on my end here is Portal of Sanctuary. So it's two and a blue for an artifact. You can pay one and tap it to return target creature you control and each aura attached to it to their owner's hands, activated only during your turn. So this is kind of like, um, yeah. like a crystal shard impression. Obviously, right. it's, yeah. it's one-sided only during your turn, so it's a little bit more limited. But still, like if you're interested in bouncing things back to your hand to recast them, then this is uh, it's gonna do the so trick. We do it on a budget, eleven cents. Bam! Can't get better than that. You just can't beat that. <laughs> hey, that's all I have for uh, utility artifacts. Okay, so moving on to enchants. Um, I didn't have anything. What do you got, Riley? Zero. All right, moving on to removal and counters. So. Um, also, this category, great, loved it, um, would have it's made me proud. Um, <laughs> but I thought with all the permanents you have, with all the creatures you have, um, I don't know what you'd remove, not necessarily from this category, but maybe from another one, but I thought Heroic Intervention would be mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, a hard counterspell is nice, and you know, Mana Drain is even better, um, but... Uh, yeah, this is always just something I, I tend to think about in uh, green decks in addition to counter spells and in a two, and in a two color deck, the one and a green make it a little bit easier to cast than a than a double blue pip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get that parallel lives out of there. Yeah, there you go. Get it out. Of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only thing that comes to mind for me is, um, well, it's the deck is heavy on green. Uh, so double blue might be tough, especially in the early parts of the game. Like if you're looking mm-hmm. to to use a counter spell in the early game. Um, so something like arcane denial or like memory lapse uh, or delay 
you know, something that's a little bit easier oh, yeah. on the blue mana might be yeah. worth uh, considering over counter spells specifically. I mean, mana drain right. is powerful yeah. in its own right. So if you have a mana drain, you better damn well play it. Um, but like, if you're looking to have something that's a little bit more easy to cast in the early parts of the game, um, then yeah, you might want to consider something with just a single blue pip. Moving on to uh, oh, you know what? Still stay on this category. Uh, I have uh, I have just one more, and it's perplexing test. So this is a new one from oh. uh, the latest. Uh, no, not the latest commander set because we haven't uh, reviewed that yet. The uh, the Strixhaven commander set. It's um, it's three two blue for an instant. Choose one. Return all creature tokens to their owner's hands. Or return all non-token creatures to their owner's hands. So this is like a. Uh, it's not a better evacuation, but it's a, it's a, it's a good kind impersonation. Of a, yeah, yeah, it's it's a kind of evacuation. I I still think I would rather run evacuation in most cases, but in a deck like this where you're creating a ton of tokens. You know, you could be in a situation where you just want to keep, you, know, you want to wipe the board, but you want it to kind of be one-sided. So you cast this and choose to return all um, non-token creatures to their owner's hands. And, you know, you'll lose Volo and all your other non-token creatures, but you'll still have all those tokens. Uh, so this could kind of be a... This would, this would at least be fun to, to try and, and see how effective it is. Um, and in token jacks token decks in general not that that's what this deck is hell yeah yeah that's actually pretty spicy for this deck i like it okay so um utility lands i i was also thoroughly um satisfied with this category but did you have anything else nope um okay so colored lands i had i had one uh so uh, we were talking about that this deck was built on a budget and i also mentioned how many basics you had so if you kind of wanted to stay in that realm uh the dual land from strixhaven bind glimmer snarl which enters the battlefield it's the snarl is such a why did they go with snarl um that's a weird <laughs> name but anyways it enters the battlefield tapped unless you reveal a forest or island card from your hand um and uh, I've played with this card a little bit, and most of the time it enters the battlefield like in a two-color deck. Most of the time it enters untapped. So, um, you know, not not that you need something like this, but maybe if it's like, oh, I don't want, you know, I don't want to spend thirty dollars on breeding pool. Maybe I'll try Vine Glimmer Snarl. Snarl. But yeah, Snarl. But if you have breeding pool snarl. lying around, like you know, it's Slide a better it. card. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Why not both? <clears throat> The nice thing about breeding pool is you can reveal Why a breeding not? pool. You sure can. Yeah, that's right. Or you could reveal a uh, mystic sanctuary or a gingerbread house. Hell yeah! yeah. Slam that gingerbread house. Get that that's life. That's right. You need that. I need those food tokens. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, gingerbread house wouldn't be so bad because it actually kind of like gets you a food token and. Um, <laughs> Wicked Wolf could use a food token, so <laughs> yeah. Wait, Wicked go. Wolf needs a lot of help in this deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, I think that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed it, uh, we have every deck tech we've ever done in a playlist on our YouTube channel. So if you just want to go and binge those, that is always an option. Um, 
And uh, if you want to check out this deck list specifically, uh, you can f use the link at the top of the show notes to do so. And uh, actually, Eric and Riley have both laid out their decks on their deck stats accounts that they've done for the show in a separate folder with the deck, uh, with the episode number. It's 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 really great. I haven't done the same thing. I'm not <laughs> as I'm just not as good as them. Um, <laughs> But uh, if you do a little, if you if you kind of like search around and just follow the links in the episodes, you can find the, the decks that I've done. But um, next week, we're going to be back with a little review of the new cards from the D&D, um, the Adventures in the Forgotten Realm Commander deck set. We're going to be talking about some of those cards. Um, but until then, just uh, take it easy out there and uh, maybe wear a mask. Maybe don't. I guess it depends where you're going. Yeah, it depends where you are. It depends where you're going. Hey, you know what? No matter where you are, there you is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you next week. And thank you for listening. And goodbye for now. Yeah. Rami and Stanley say bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, everybody. Snarl. Turn one, soul ring. Not today. Satan. <laughs> <laughs>